Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review and I'm very pleased to welcome Sebastian back from Vocus. Uh, we, we did, uh, Sebastian and Martin from Vocus did a webinar for us in April. They did an all-round roundup on all things that are happening uh, with SAP and we can provide a link to that webinar webcast on the um, on the show notes to this podcast but what I promised during that webinar is to get an update from Sebastian on all the things that happened at Sapphire which is um, SAP's annual user conference uh, which I believe was in Orlando Florida so Sebastian welcome to the podcast um, do you want to say hello to our listeners yeah absolutely hey Martin thanks for having me it's good to talk to you again um, I think we had called the webinar in April the SAP State of the Union. Um, and so it's good to uh, kind of bring everybody up to speed on some of the updates that we've seen at Sapphire. Thanks for having me. And just before we dive in, um, before f- for those uh, listeners that are perhaps not familiar with Vocus, which is V-O-Q-U-Z, uh, what, what do you do in a nutshell just for, for their benefit? Yeah, sure. So we're an SAP-focused advisory firm. We have two software solutions that are uh, add-ons to SAP, um, and we play in the authorization and license management space. So think of it as a sort of all-in-one solution that can automate your licensing processes, the user management, um, role redesign, segregation of duties, so really focused on SAP. Um, And we also have an advisory group that helps customers with licensing topics, negotiations. Um, And so indirect access, which is something that we've talked about also in the April webinar, uh, is a topic that we've we've been discussing for for maybe two to three years now. Um, And yeah, that's that's who Vocus is at sort of the 30,000 foot view. Cool. And I think ever since the indirect access stuff kicked off, which I think was uh, 2017 maybe that's right yep that's the Diageo um, court case yep yeah so when all that kicked off you've been our go-to SAP experts to, to pick the brains of and you've educated a lot of our audience on all things SAP so thank you for that oh we appreciate that yeah absolutely a pleasure so um, you went to Florida um, yep. how, did it, how did it go uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting year in terms of the, the licensing perspective. Usually at Sapphire, the focus really is on new products, adoption of S4HANA. Um, and this might have been the first year that SAP has put together a couple of licensing focus sessions. Um, so for those of you that have listened to the webinar we've done in April, um, there was a total of three sessions that SAP and ASUG um, have done together. One of the sessions was called Making the Move to Digital Access. Um, So that was a redo of uh, the session that uh, ASUC has done last year. And that really marked the first time that, you know, the the whole um, SAP and ASUC teams have sort of dipped their toes into discussing licensing at a public event. And then this year, like I said, there were three events. The other two uh, were focused on S4HANA licensing, one on-prem and the other one uh, based on cloud licensing. The interesting thing, though, from my perspective is that, you know, neither of those three sessions really brought us anything new. Um, the biggest announcement actually came on Monday, uh, which is the day before Sapphire officially kicks off. Uh, and SAP has introduced a uh, sort of a new take on this whole indirect slash digital access story. Um, essentially, what they've introduced is a adoption program. So it's called DAP, D-A-A-P. 
the digital access adoption program. Um, and the, the biggest news is that SAP has a time-bound program that expires in May 2020. So customers have about a year now to make a decision on what they want to do. Um, and the um, sort of the kicker of this program is that there's pretty steep financial incentives for those customers that want to step forward now and license their indirect access. So, you know, at a high level, and then I'll pause so you can ask some questions and I'll also let me know your feedback. But at a high level, there's two financial incentives. Um, you can either have option A, which is a 90% discount on list price. If you choose to license 100% of the documents that you're creating in SAP indirectly, or you can choose to license 100% plus growth. So if you determine, you know, in 2018, I had a million documents and we're expecting that to grow by another 50%, then you can choose to license those 150%, but you're only paying for the growth portion, right? So that would be the 50% that's surpassing the 100% of your current usage. So in short, the two options are either get a 90% discount if you license 100%, or you get that growth portion uh, you pay for that and you're getting um, the rest of the documents for free, so to speak. Um, but the devil is in the detail because those discounts only apply to the, uh, the purchase of the perpetual license. Um, and then the maintenance is at list. Um, so as a customer, really understand uh, what the better incentive option is and maybe taking a step back, also look into um, what the best model is for you. Is it the legacy-based model? Or is it this new document-based policy? So I'm just going to pause here because that was a ton of information. Um, so, so what do you think? Yeah. So a few questions. What what was the they've offered these sessions? What was the take-up like? Um, it, it was interesting to see that the um, the digital access focus session um, that probably had 20% of the audience that we saw last year. Um, and so I approached ASEC afterwards um, and I said, Hey, you know, I've noticed that last year the the room was kind of bursting. By the seams and this year it's there's less attendance and they say yeah we've noticed that and we think it's because of the title of the session um, because it sounded more of like an informative passive session uh, where you can learn what the digital access model uh, looks like rather than sort of an open Q&A um, like they've done last year so uh, yeah that was surprising to me I was expecting a higher turnout um, and then the other sessions on S4HANA licensing, I'd say the room was full, so maybe 50 people. Okay. And um, they usually announce the, as you mentioned, the S4HANA um, adoption rates. What, yeah. what, was, what was the publish rate for that? Oh boy, from the top of my head, I would, I would have to look this up. Uh, I think it's, there's still a steady sort of linear um, you know, growth. It's, it's nothing like a major jump where we've seen, you know, these, these adoption numbers jump from what was it 10% to all of a sudden 50%. Um, I would have to look that up for you, but it, it wasn't surprising in any, in any way. So there's still steady uptake, uh, but no major jump from uh, compared to last year. Right. So it's probably in the teens. Yeah. It um, might, might've uh, scratched 20, but like I said, I would have to look that up for you. Okay, and so, so the DAAP, what was that again? Digital Access Something Program. Adoption Program, yes. Adoption Program. So this is basically, I mean, one of the, one of the things I've read before or, or seen, talked about, on, I've been through your sessions is um, 
the the pace at which people are taking up S4 HANA doesn't meet the expiration date of the existing SAP infrastructure. There's going right. to be a there's going to be a pinch point, right? I would think so. Yes. So they are. I mean, I guess this DAP or however you pronounce it program is really a way of shaking that tree, and people saying basically take make a decision or or get off the pan sort of thing. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Part of the uh, announcement when they, they put out the blog post was um, that they've actually uh, let us know that 800 customers had chosen the program so far. So this was before DAP and just the, uh, the standard indirect access policy that SAP introduced last year. Um, and 800 customers out of a, a user base of what is it, you know, multiple hundred thousand, that's a really small percentage. So um, I thought it was interesting to present that as a win. Um, I felt that 800 was more of a sign that people are still unsure what to do and they're not really ready um, to make the leap yet, which um, that's the subtext that I see in this program. So it essentially is SAP saying, um, if you step forward now, there's not going to be any back maintenance, no penalties. Um, but I think the question you have to ask yourself now as a customer is, what will happen once this program expires, right? So May 2020, um, what will happen to a customer that's being audited for indirect access at that point? Is there going to be penalties, back maintenance? Obviously, the discounts are going to expire. So I really see this as uh, SAP's way of saying, you know, we're putting this, we're putting our best foot forward. Uh, we've, we've heard the complaints from the user groups and the customer base. And so we want to make it as easy as possible um, to license these new documents. Um, but what will happen after, right? So 2020 plus, um, what options do you still have as a customer who will be audited at that point? So we actually see this as a good opportunity um, to at least start with that financial evaluation of how are you licensed today? Uh, what do your contracts say? What shelfware do you potentially have accumulated that would be eligible um, for a trade-in under this digital access adoption program? Um, and to then at least come up with some financial comparisons of, um, you know, what's the impact for the next three to five years? Um, we think that that's a better choice than just not doing anything um, and then, you know, sort of waiting what SAP will do uh, once this program has expired. That, that's our take on it. And what do you think of these options, the 90% discount and the 100% plus growth and all sort of thing? Are they a good deal for customers? I think they can be. I think the, uh, one of the, um, the issues that customers always have to keep in mind is that with this whole debate that we've seen since last year around the technicality of how are these documents being measured and how do I interpret these policies, I think people have forgotten um, that they can stick with their existing contract, right? So there is the option to actually retain your legacy licensing in which you would have to have a named user license for every person that's talking to SAP indirectly. Um, so that's step one, really remember that that is still an option. And then two, look at the business processes. So in order to decide whether those discounts are a good deal, um, I think that you have to start with an eye toward the business processes. So I'll give you two examples. Um, based on the applications that you're connecting to your SAP system, right? So it's always third-party solutions um, that kind of create this licensing issue around indirect access. Um, based on the underlying process, the new model might actually be cheaper. 
So I think even in the webinar that we've done with you in April, we had this example of a, a web portal in which people from the finance department can approve invoices. So that's a great example where the new model is cheaper because you're not creating data. You're not generating these documents that are the basis of the new licensing model. And so that entire process is free of charge, even though you're not using the SAP GUI, but you're you know, sort of enabling the process through a third-party solution. So that's just one example of potentially hundreds or at least dozens um, of business processes that should be evaluated. Um, and it really depends on the customer. So um, it can be a great deal, especially if you factor in those discounts. Um, be aware though the, that those discounts are on the, the price of the license, not the ongoing maintenance. Um, but it, it can be a very good deal. You just have to understand uh, what the utilization is of third-party applications um, at your organization. That would be my advice. And just um, quickly, what, what's this sort of decision process normally for customers to go through that process? So we're obviously, you're talking now to the IT asset management audience. Yeah. It would typically be an SAP team. Uh, and maybe is there a SAP architect that you need to speak to about this sort of thing? What, where's the decision point for this sort of thing? Yeah, so we always recommend to start with your own objective analysis, right? So keep in mind, this is a program that ends in May 2020. So, you know, time is really of the essence. Um, so usually you would talk to your application owners, get an understanding of the SAP architecture. Um, often you have multiple teams not working together. You know, an application gets deployed in this part of the company um, and the procurement team doesn't understand what the impact is from a licensing perspective. So um, when you're doing this internally, the approach that we typically take in our advisory projects is um, to start with a discovery of all the applications. Um, and then come up with an estimate of what the utilization actually is. And so as a customer, SAP has actually given us the option of working with their audit and compliance group. Um, so they can assist customers in making those estimations of what their current consumption rate is. Um, the problem, however, is that their tools are still not accurate. And they've actually said as much in the blog post, which I really um, like that they added a little bit of transparency to their processes. Uh, we've long talked about the inaccuracies of um, SAP's estimation node, and there's also been talk of this passport system that customers can install in order to accurately measure the, uh, the document count from third-party systems. But to make a long story short, so while SAP is giving everyone the um, making this offer of having them work with you to estimate your documents. Um, it's the same as with the annual SAP audit, right? The interest um, is, is not always very clear from the SAP audit team to make sure that customers' interests are protected. So um, do your own analysis. Start with the SAP architects, the uh, application owners, uh, and then kind of work your way backwards to find the business processes and then understand the impact uh, on the annual document rate, especially moving forward, right? So that's also where the devil is in the detail. Um, your 2018 document consumption is gonna look very different from your 2022 document consumption. Uh, with the current trend of RPA really picking up, uh, so robotic process automation, um, and also IoT devices, this document consumption is, is going to rise very steadily um, over the next few years. SAP also said that EDI is um, 
they, that customers have to license it. So that was one of the gray areas where we've always advised customers um, that EDI also counts as indirect access, but SAP has never really made a public announcement on their stand. So this is probably also interesting for you to know um, that EDI actually is something that counts against um, indirect access or document consumption. So a lot of customers didn't like that announcement. <laughs> right. So final question, what's next for Vocus? What, what's, what's your next, uh, what are you doing for 2019? Um, so this year, I think that it's going to be really critical um, for customers to at least look into these options for indirect access. So what we're focused on this year uh, is what we actually call VQ Adapt. Um, so it's a tailored program to help customers move over to this new licensing policy. Um, or, or in some cases actually advise them that they're fully complying right now um, and that they can stick with their legacy contract without needing to fear that after this program is done from SAP that they're going to be audited and then uh, be in a lot of trouble for non-compliance. So I think this year for us, we're really focused on uh, being an independent trusted advisor to help people make that move or at least evaluate their options. Um, and then we'll see what happens in 2020 from a licensing perspective. I think some of the news on Esfrahana are very sort of uplifting. There's a couple of items that they've talked about um, that I think will work in the favor of customers, something like uh, the full user equivalent licensing that you have in certain variations of Esfrahana. Um, but yeah, this year we're really focused on this whole um, opportunity to move over to the uh, indirect access policy. So that's, that's certainly important for us. And then um, we'll see what happens next year and, and beyond. Cool. And uh, if anyone wants to find out more, go and visit vocus.com. That's V-O-Q-U-Z.com. Sebastian, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. And, uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Likewise. Thanks, Martin. Oh, oh, oh.